This is Mental Health and You with WCPA. We're your hosts, Taylor Kennedy, Caitlin Schaefer, and Jacqueline Simplecamp. Our podcast covers mental health topics for you. From us, licensed mental health professionals. Let's get to this week's episode. Welcome back to Mental Health and You with WCPA. Thanks for joining us today for our episode. We are so excited to have one of our office's therapists with us today. Welcome, please, Carrie McKnight. We are so happy to have you. Yes. Welcome, Carrie. Like Caitlin mentioned, Carrie is a therapist at WCPA and is going to share a little bit about her thoughts on the topic of self-love. When we were thinking of who from the office we wanted to have featured in this episode, we thought Carrie would be perfect for all of our listeners. We think you all are really going to love what she brings to the table. So to start out, Carrie, we'd love for you to tell us a little about yourself and your role at WCPA. All right, guys. Well, first of all, I just want to start by thanking you for having me on the show. This is such an honor to be here today and to be able to talk about something I'm so passionate about. I have been with West County Psychological. I've been with the practice since about, I think, 2014. So coming up on seven years. And I do individual, couple, and family therapy. I also do a lot of work with the schools. I do talks in the community. Um, I did start a program with another colleague called Teen Strong, where we go into schools and work with teens in smaller groups. So the work I do is pretty diverse. I work with a lot of different populations, but I love that. And I love um, the diversity. It keeps everything interesting. Definitely. That is awesome. You really do a lot for the practice for sure. So we're, again, super excited to have you on today. A large part of our podcast focuses on destigmatizing mental health and sharing about what makes us feel passionate about the topic. So we're wondering, why are you passionate about mental health? You know, I have always been passionate about mental health ever since I was a child, oddly enough. Um, whenever I would see magazines with articles about mental health, um, I had to pick it up and read it. I've just always been fascinated in terms of how we function psychologically. I loved understanding the interconnectedness of all of us, relationships, what works, you know, just all of that. And I mean, really, that's how it started. But I've stayed with it because it is just so incredibly rewarding to see people grow and to feel better and to feel stronger. And that's what keeps me going. I just absolutely love that piece of it. Carrie, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, I, all the time people say, man, I couldn't do what you do. You know, it must be so hard to be a therapist or things like that, but goodness, those times where we just see our clients light up and that progress that they've made or them feeling better about the situation that they're in is so rewarding. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I get so much personal fulfillment out of serving my clients and best serving them. And Carrie, I like what you said about why you started your passion and how it kind of formed for you just to better understand yourself and the relationships and how people Mm -hmm. operate um, and how our mental health and psyche kind of impacts our behavior and how we interact with people. I love that. Completely agree. I think it's really cool to see where people started and why they're so passionate about mental health and see kind of what transformed them into wanting to do this type of work. So Carrie, you actually wrote an article on self-love, which is what we're discussing more in depth today. Do you mind sharing a little about the article you wrote on self-love and where can our listeners find the article? Of course. 
um, I wrote the article a while back because I felt like there was a little bit of a stigma around the term self-love. I feel like whenever I would bring that term up with clients, you know, there was resistance. People felt like, well, that's kind of selfish or I don't want to be narcissistic. You know, those were the things that I, I heard from people. And so I really wanted to write an article to really illustrate what self-love really is, why it's so integral to our functioning and, you know, happiness and and our health. And um, just really wanted to shed some light on that. And it is on our website at West County Psychological Associates, WCPASTL.com. And that's where we have all of our articles. There's so many awesome articles written by all of the therapists at West County on that website. So I would encourage you to check out all of the articles on there. It's a great resource. I definitely agree. And I love that you talked about breaking the stigma of self-love because with our podcast, one of our goals in starting it was to know break the stigma of mental health and talking about it and being confident and comfortable and admitting that you have mental health struggles or that you're involved in mental health work. Yes, definitely agree. And Carrie, your article is such a great read. I love how it includes plenty of tangible tips that we can work on along our journey of loving ourselves. So I'm wondering, what does self-love mean to you? Honestly, to me, um, you know, the word, like I said a little bit ago, it's kind of, it's been a buzzword. There's so many connotations, but to me, self-love simply means realizing that I matter as much as anyone else, no more, no less. And that I will do things to respect and honor my needs, my feelings, my emotions, and that I will also protect my sense of self by being authentic to who I am. And this is a constant lifelong practice. It's a constant work. Um, But to boil it down very simply, that's really all it is. I love that. I love how you break it down so simply, like you said, into like bite-sized chunks for people of what self-love is and how they can improve it or work on it. But at the root of it, it's knowing that you matter. I think that perspective is really helpful to better define self-love. So tell me, how is self-love positive for our well-being? It's really important because it's one of the most basic things necessary to have true mental health as well as healthy relationships. You know, when we have self-love, we know how to meet our needs And we don't go searching for someone or something else to fill the voids that we might have within us. We feel genuinely content and we feel a sense of being enough. And to me, that is so, so important to our sense of well-being. Carrie, I love that. And I think that comment of being enough is something that I find a lot of my clients and even myself at times have struggled with. And interestingly, it kind of compares. So our last episode, we talked about body image and um, social media and the kind of comparisons that we make on, you know, to ourselves and um, others on social media. And I think a lot of that comes from not feeling like we are enough at times. Mm -hmm. And that's just a really, really good piece to really reflect on and try to maybe make changes for the better. That is so true. And I think sometimes, and Carrie, you mentioned this earlier on, we can get confused and feel like self-love is selfish when really it isn't at all. You know, it's definitely selfless and it's great for our well-being, like you said. So how can we practice self-love? So I think there's really 
there's so many ways we can practice self-love, but I like to break it down into, you know, some main points. I think, you know, first of all, just general self-care, right? Like nutrition and getting enough sleep and making time to exercise, creating space for our hobbies and time for our friendships. Some of those very basic things that we, you know, oftentimes take for granted or brush off, but, you know, we really need those things to be in place. Um, to me, those are the basic building blocks that we need. You know, another another thing we can do to practice self-love is just by learning how to assert our needs and our feelings. You know, many of us don't do that because we fear conflict or, you know, we don't want to rock the boat or we simply feel scared to speak up and ask for things because we don't want to feel like a burden. And, you know, by learning how to do that, just assert our needs and assert our feelings, you know, that's another way we can practice self-love. You know, a third way I think we can really practice is by having some healthy boundaries, just drawing lines about behavior that we will tolerate and behavior we will not tolerate to sort of protect the self that we are developing in there and, and, you know, keep it free from toxic situations or, you know, abusive behaviors and things like that. And I also think it's really important, you know, in terms of practicing self-love to, you know, pay attention to what are, you know, what are my own core issues and take a look at those and deal with them and give them some attention. And, you know, I think a lot of us don't slow down and take the time to do that, but I think that's a really, really important way we can practice self-love. And just across the board, I really feel like another major way is that we can give ourselves compassion and, you know, learn to give ourselves grace and learn to forgive ourselves. And, you know, again, that sounds easier said than done, right? But I think, you know, I'm just trying to throw out some of the major ways that we need to think about self-love and how we can start practicing them. I love all of that. I think that a lot of what you're describing to me sounds like one, a growth mindset and being a lifelong learner, not only about the world, but about yourself. But a lot of what you're saying also reminds me of self-care. It's mm-hmm. taking time to explore yourself, prioritize what makes you happy, what you get joy out of, because in return, giving yourself that love um, and compassion and attention makes you a stronger and better person that then you can go out and give more to others. Carrie, I loved all those responses. Those are things that I think all of us personally and our listeners and our clients really can continue to keep focusing on. Yeah, those really are some great tips. And one point, you know, I think you're touching on is the concept of like, we don't just achieve self-love. It's something that we're continuously working on. It's a journey. It takes effort, all of that. So what makes self-love a practice rather than a destination? I think it's a practice. It's a lifelong practice because we constantly need to you know, be mindful of these things, be thinking about these things, addressing these things, or we can easily lose ourselves. I mean, as we go through the different chapters of our lives and different people come in and out of our lives, you know, we constantly need to, you know, take a moment, focus on how we're prioritizing, how, you know, what we're letting in to our circle, um, you know, all of those things. And then we just need to be mindful and take the time to do this work 
throughout our lives or we just, we really can lose ourselves. Carrie, I think that's a really great point to make. And I think as we move throughout our life, we have different phases of who we are, right? Whether it's Mm -hmm. a student or a professional or a parent or, you know, a grandparent or whatever that life might look like. And so I think it's really important as we go through those stages and those roles throughout our life to think about what self-love looks like within those timeframes and with who we are in that moment of time and making sure that it remains a priority throughout all of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great minds think alike. Life is hard. Life is really hard. And the challenges and different phases of your life really are going to impact the self-love and patience and how you need to treat yourself to survive those, you know, battles. Definitely. I imagine too, that we have some listeners who are wondering how self-love ties into other areas like self-esteem. How is self-love beneficial to our self-esteem, Carrie? Well, I will say this, when we start learning how to practice good self-love, we just naturally start to feel empowered. We just naturally start to feel stronger in ourselves when we do these things. It's, it's validating to who we are to do these things. It's, you know, honoring who we are in ways that maybe we didn't know how to do before. And also, you know, I feel like when we are doing these, you know, have a really good practice of self-love going on in our life, we also find that we can be the partner. We can be the friend. We can be the parent. You know, we can be who we want to be to the other people in our lives, too, you know, our relationships are just strengthened. And I think that makes us feel good. You know, we cannot pour from an empty cup. And, you know, I think we all want to have positive relationships. And I think when our relationships are working well, we feel better too. We are interconnected. And so I think it boosts our self-esteem when we are able to see the payoffs in our relationships as well as the natural empowerment we get from doing it. Yes, exactly. So in your professional opinion, how does having low self-esteem or lacking self-love impact your clients? Well, I think that when we don't have self-love, we tend to feel like we don't deserve things, you know, and what I've seen happen with a lot of clients, you know, without meaning to not realizing it, a lot of times I will see people subconsciously self-sabotage things. And you know, when we really dig down and figure out, you know, what's going on and what created that it's really, it tends to, you know, come back to, you know, I guess I didn't feel like I deserved that. And, you know, it was because of the poor practice of self-love, you know, we look at situations where, you know, we don't feel capable of setting boundaries. So we end up giving ourselves the message that we don't matter as much as those around us, you know, and that's another big impact. Um, And that just creates a bigger cycle of when we don't set good boundaries, we give ourselves that negative message that we don't matter. And then it just, it perpetuates the problem. You know, I think that another way um, it can really negative, negatively impact people. We, we just tend to suffer from higher rates of depression and anxiety when we aren't practicing good self-love, when we're not truly honoring who we are and what we really feel or what we really need when we prioritize other need, other people's needs above our own needs, we just tend to end up being more depressed and more anxious. And I see that a lot too. It's another huge, huge impact. 
I see with people not asserting themselves or not setting good boundaries. I notice that in so many of my clients and I've noticed it like in family and friends and myself personally too. Sometimes we're a lot nicer to other people than we are to ourselves. And we put everyone else's needs, whether it's your kids, your spouse, your friends, your family above your own. And Mm -hmm. normally the root of that is not feeling worthy or that that's as important as pouring into others. And I love that you said you can't pour from an empty cup. So people truly get the best versions of us when we've practiced self-love and poured into ourselves first, because they can benefit from the overflow if there's enough positivity in that cup. That's exactly right. You know, people are so scared of being selfish when they are talking about self-love. They're so scared of being selfish, but I really contend, I really hold that people are more selfless when they have a good self-love practice for exactly what you just said for those reasons. Yeah. I've told my clients at times that it's okay sometimes to be a little selfish. It's okay in some capacities to take some time for yourself that that should happen. Definitely. And I can really understand how it's so important to focus on self-love because it really does impact a person in many ways. So once someone notices they're lacking self-love, how do you recommend they improve? Well, you know, I feel like for many people, um, I have to figure out what's their starting point because everyone is at different places with this. But the biggest thing I can say is I do this in baby steps with people. I think that if it's too overwhelming, if we try to do too much too fast, you know, people end up shutting down. You know, for some people, I've found that it's, you know, we have to start as basic as what are you actually feeling? Some people are just so used to shoving their feelings and emotions to the side that they can't even really articulate what they're feeling. They're so busy worrying about, well, what will she think if I do this? Or what will he think of this? Or what will my parents think of that? That they're not even in touch with their own feelings. And so for so many, I feel like, you know, the the most basic step in terms of getting started on this is learning to pinpoint what are you actually feeling and start paying attention to that. And so, and then, you know, going from there, growing from there and, and starting with, you know, okay, the next step might be now I want to pay attention to when I'm not actually saying what I feel in a situation and being mindful of that and thinking about, okay, how can I be more real and more authentic the next time and start building on that. So it, you know, it really is a process of baby steps and building and building and building, you know, eventually getting to address some conflictual things and saying some hard things and going from there, drawing some hard boundaries. So baby steps. Carrie, I totally agree. And I don't know about you, but I have found with some clients that once they actually start taking those steps and they either see or feel that reward, um, they notice how people maybe respond positively to them when they set those boundaries or they begin to just start having that um, increased self-esteem. And that alone can also push them to keep improving and continue on with those practices. It definitely builds on itself. Yes. (laughs) It's like a snowball going down the hill once you start doing it, it gets easier because you start getting yes. that reward. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like so empowering once you're like, oh my gosh, I can do that. Or that wasn't as bad as I thought. 
it was going to be, right? Because we're being more open and transparent with people in our lives. Um, but in turn, we're growing personally in strength and in self-love and in confidence that we matter just as much as everyone else. And if someone is truly a good support system for you or meant to be in your life, then it's worth being vulnerable and transparent with them and not filtering your feelings. But I also agree, Carrie, one of the interventions I feel like I do so much with clients is feeling identification. It's starting there. Like, They don't know what they're feeling or they don't think it's important or they think if they feel that way, it invalidates their spouse or their mom. And it's pivotal that you pay attention to your feelings and you start there, like you said, and build off of that because that is like the like foundation, I feel like, for truly exploring other emotions and feelings personally. I agree. And I think making those little baby steps and taking those changes can be really helpful. You know, loving yourself really is a constant journey that everyone is on and we're working to improve. I totally agree. And I just want to thank Carrie. We all, we thank you so much for joining us on this episode. This has really been a great topic. And I think that our listeners will really appreciate this guidance. Um, You've really added value to our episode today. Thank you guys so much. I really, again, appreciate you allowing me to be on here and talk about this. Um, like I said, I'm super passionate about it and it's just great to talk with other mental health professionals and get these messages out there to people and try to break down some of the stigma. Yes, we are all about breaking stigma on this podcast. So thank you, Carrie. This was a great discussion and we thank all of our listeners for joining us this week. Next week, we'll discuss finding calm in times of chaos and anxiety. We think a lot of people can relate to this topic and we look forward to getting into it next time. Again, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week.